It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. The race for the White House continues as candidates travel all over the map. Former President Trump and uh, the governor of Florida making appearances at the Iowa versus Iowa State football game. While President Biden traveled to India for the G20 summit and then on to Vietnam. As he attempts to make inroads into the region amid rising tensions between China and Taiwan. One earth, one family, one future. That's the focus of this uh, G20 summit. Let's continue to work as one to seize this moment in history and maximize our collective investment. Meanwhile, both chambers of Congress are back and will have to work to avoid a government shutdown before the end of September with just 11 working days to pass a funding extension to keep the federal government running. In addition to House Speaker McCarthy announcing a formal impeachment inquiry against President Biden. For a conversation on this and more, we bring in our panel, USA Today Washington Bureau Chief Susan Page, member of the Wall Street Journal editorial board, former chief speechwriter for President George W. Bush, Bill McGurn, and Fox News senior congressional correspondent Chad Pergram. Chad, it's busy up there again. The break is over, and now an impeachment inquiry looks like it's heading down the tracks. You know, the question right now, though, is what is different from what it was a few days ago, or for that matter, when Kevin McCarthy started to talk about impeachment in earnest back in early July. You know, he was on our air on Fox Business uh, to me in the hall talking about this looks like this is going in the direction of an impeachment inquiry. Now, what does that entail? Well, if you're Kevin McCarthy and if you want to do things by the book and he has promised to do things by the book, he's been critical historically of how House Speaker, former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi handled the two impeachments of former President Trump. There's a reason why he euthanized the impeachment effort by Lauren Boebert, the Republican from Colorado in June, because it wasn't being done by the book. So here he is today, starting with an impeachment inquiry in word only and saying, I'm asking, you know, three House committees, which have been looking into President Biden and Hunter Biden for for months now to say, you know, we're going to launch an impeachment inquiry, but not actually have a formal vote on the House floor uh, to start that impeachment inquiry. This is something that Nancy Pelosi did do in October of 2019 with the first impeachment of President Trump. So he might be a little bit inconsistent there, not doing things by the book. But the question is why? He doesn't have the votes. Guess what, Brett? It comes down to the math. He has several Republicans, moderate Republicans from you know swing districts uh, who are up in the air on this. Uh, you have even some conservative Republicans, Ken Buck of Colorado, who indicated that he doesn't think that the case has been proven and doesn't want to do that. And this all comes at the time uh, that he has to get the votes uh, to fund the government and avert a government shutdown. And guess what? He doesn't have the votes there either yet. Yeah, Susan. 
you know, obviously Democrats will look at this as a chance to say this is too much, too far. However, there is a back end to it, and that is that some of this inquiry could actually get to something. I mean, they, they have had drips and drabs of information that points in the direction of then-Vice President Biden. Um, the impeachment inquiry is into President Biden. How does that all come down? Well, you know, it's it's true. They say they have some things to investigate. But, Brett, traditionally the standard for pursuing an impeachment inquiry is to know what you think amounted uh, to an impeachable offense by the president. And these the congressional Republicans who support uh, impeachment of the president cannot tell you what it is they would be impeaching him for. So maybe with the additional subpoena powers and the actions of the three committees, they'll come up with something. But this is uh, what would be tr- traditionally seen as a backwards way of pursuing impeachment. And I and I got to say, there's some history that when Americans think you're pursuing impeachment with it, that isn't really legitimate, that doesn't really rise to the occasion. I'm thinking of the impeachment of President Clinton. There is political blowback to the people who are doing the impeachment. Not good news for Biden uh, to have an impeachment inquiry. That's for sure. Um, it, it they'll consume time and attention. Uh, maybe they'll find some evidence against him that they haven't found so far. But I think this is a risky business for Republicans. Yeah, well, let me just push back just a little, uh, Susan. But, you know, Nancy Pelosi in her impeachment inquiry of the phone call from President Trump to uh, Vladimir Zelensky, they didn't have everything locked up either. Well, everything wasn't locked up, but they had a clear allegation that the president had used that phone call to try to use uh, aid that had been uh, approved by the U.S. government to Ukraine, hold it in abeyance unless he got a political favor from the new Ukrainian president. That was the crux of that impeachment inquiry. So they knew what they were going after. They didn't have every single thing uh, nailed down. That's that's for sure. That's I, that's true also with the Clinton impeachment. They found evidence in the process of the investigation they didn't have at the beginning. But this is pretty thin and gruel at the moment, I think. Mm-hmm. Bill? Um, I disagree a little. First of all, this is an impeachment inquiry. You're not supposed to know the charges before you set out to make them. And there's a lot of stuff there. Even if Joe Biden never profited from his son's business, first of all, he had long maintained, one, that his son did nothing wrong, and two, that he knew nothing about the business, that there was a wall. Well, we now know there's an allegation he and his son were bribed. I don't know if it's true, but I would like to find out if the FBI investigated it. We know that he uh, was approving sound bites sent by a Hunter business associate. He was communicating by aliases. And uh, we know from the IRS investigators that they felt their investigation was sabotaged. So there's a lot of information um, uh, out there that that could lead us to something else. And I, I'm not ready to impeach the president, but I think an inquiry is more than just. Chad, and what about the funding and how that cross-pollinates here and, and what, you know, the politics behind McCarthy going down this road? Is it possible that he gets a couple of House Freedom Caucus members because of that move uh, to agree to pull back on their opposition to some of these funding bills? It's certainly possible. I mean, the reason Kevin McCarthy started to talk about impeachment in earnest 
in July was because he was trying to get in front of the train coming down the track, that he has a lot of members of his conference that said we have to act in some form on impeachment. So that was a little bit trying to get in front of the train, but also trying to, you know, do this as a trial balloon and see just how far his members were, were willing to, to go. You know, this is something that uh, former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi did four years ago with the first impeachment of former President Trump. And that's why he kept, you know, dipping his toe into that water. It was hard for him to peel back from that after he did that for so long in July and August. So to address the funding question here, yeah, that might pluck off a few people, but they're actually gonna come out, the, the Freedom Caucus members and the arch conservatives are gonna say, yeah, what have you done for me lately? And they're already saying that. Uh, Matt Gates, uh, the Republican from Florida, went to the House floor today, uh, you know, and, and held forth saying that, uh, you know, he fears that the House Speaker is going to force the House to vote on a bill, an interim spending bill that just re-ups uh, the current government funding to keep the government lights on by September 30th. And he said, uh, he said the path forward, this is the quote from Matt Gates. the path forward for the House is to either bring you into immediate total compliance or remove you pursuant to a motion to vacate the chair. So this is that term that we heard back in January about, oh, you know, you know, could just one member call uh, for a new speaker's vote in the middle of the Congress? And that's what Matt Gates is talking about. Matt Gates said, quote, Mr. Speaker, you are out of compliance with the agreement that allowed you to assume this role. And they're gonna watch to see what Kevin McCarthy puts forth. What we're dealing with here right now, Brett, are echoes of that speaker's race. This is exactly what people thought about there's a reason why it took five days and you know, longest speaker's vote since 1859, uh, because of the very reasons we're discussing right now. And you know what the worst case scenario is? You could have a scenario where the government shuts down and because these conservatives have not been mollified by McCarthy's moves on impeachment, they move to vacate the chair. And that's something that the House has to address first and foremost, before you get on to government funding or whatever, you could have a government shutdown and a speaker's race in the middle of the Congress, which we've never had in this sense, you know, where you vacated the chair. We had John Boehner step aside several years ago in 2015 and Paul Ryan eventually, you know, you know, stepped in for him after several weeks of a lot of consternation here in the House. But that would be the doomsday scenario. Panel, we'll hold it right there. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Yeah, and Susan, that sounds like a mess in which, you know, Democrats could have the opportunity, obviously, to step in and say, look at this chaos, despite... President Biden's really tanking approval ratings and concern within the Democratic Party. Yeah, this this could be a gift to Democrats uh, if the Republicans look like they're not capable of governing the House. Um, and if there is a government shutdown, frankly, I'd be interested if, if Chad thinks there's much of a prospect there won't be a government shutdown. It's hard for me to see the off ramp that works for Kevin McCarthy to get through a sh even a short term spending bill that the Senate will accept. Uh, so. This this is a uh, combination of things that I think uh, Americans will look at and say, this is not a government that is taking care of my problems. They're not helping me in the challenges in my life. They are just fighting with each other in a way that that has shut down the government, that has impeached uh, a president uh, and that is creating a sense of real chaos in Washington. Yeah, I'd chat to that question. I mean, how does he tiptoe through the tulips here, um, you know, fighting uh, with budget hawks? is not an easy thing to do. 
Well, you know, I have a pretty good crystal ball on these types of things, and it's not really wired for this one. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, literally. I mean, I mean, it's one of those things where there's a lot of scenarios up here. I can say, yeah, if this happens, then B or C is going to happen. This one is hard to say. And here's the reason, Brett. And it's the same thing I always talk about. It's about the math. Kevin McCarthy is already down a few members in the House because of health and Steve Scalise, the majority leader, is away. You have, you know, this very vocal right, the Freedom Caucus, yipping at him over government funding. And so if he goes with that coalition of a good chunk of Republicans and lots and lots, if not all Democrats, well, they keep the government open. So if Matt Gates and Chip Roy, the Republican from Texas and some others, wake up with a wild hair one day and say, hey, this is exactly what we didn't want to happen. And, and they've said as much for months. They have not been exactly silent about this. Then Kevin McCarthy is going to face a problem. And that's where I talk about that, that, that double whammy that could happen this fall, a government shutdown and questions about who is the Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. Bill, uh, you know, it's not like the, the folks who are fighting on cutting back spending don't have a foot to stand on. I mean, you know, Washington cuts have been, uh, you know, drops in increases, not actual cuts to budgets. Um, So they do have a battle. It's just tougher to make politically if the end result is a shutdown. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. Look, there are so many balls up in the air and there are so many risks um, for Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans. But, you know, being in Congress is about being elected to use your judgment and accept those risks. You know, they weren't elected to make easy choices. They were elected to make tough choices. And I don't think they ought to shirk their duties um, uh, by this. I think they can keep the government open. Uh, I I get the impression now there's no vote. Um, There's not going to be a vote to open the inquiry, which I think is disappointing because um, that enforces accountability um, among people. People should have to go on the record of what they want. Yeah. Susan, what about the fallout from that trip, Uh, the president's trip, the press conference in Vietnam, you know, all of it? Does it all kind of go away or just go into more of this concern about the president and his vitality for a second term you know um there were some important things done on this on this trip but the 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 impact of this trip is going to be as you said questions about about the president he uh he he said he there was a weird conclusion to his news conference where he was still talking and then music came up and it was quite the scene he also made a misstatement uh about being at ground zero um, the day after 9-11 turned out he was there nine days later these are things that are particularly unhelpful to biden at a time when a lot of americans including americans who support him including democrats worry about his age worry about whether he's up for another term so i i think this is a trip that has created some real problems for the white house and for joe biden yeah and chad I mean, this is going to dominate what you're dealing with this, um, not only the impeachment inquiry, but the the funding issues. But at some point, you know, these members, uh, some of them are going to be up. Um, Exactly. And the only thing that would drown all this out, I mean, think about this, a government shutdown dealing with the speaker and, and his problems, maybe a speaker's race and impeachment, are these court cases moving ahead with former President Trump. I mean, I mean that will command most of the news oxygen as we go forward. But yes, you know, members, the only thing they really get to do around here is to vote. 
And if they're on the record, there's a reason, as I said, that they're not going to have a vote on an impeachment inquiry. Well, guess what? Because it probably wouldn't pass. And that would be the worst thing for Kevin McCarthy and put some of these 18 Republicans who represent districts uh, that President Biden carried in a tough spot. Um, so, you know, at, at what point do Republicans and conservatives who are you know, calling for this red meat say, OK, just talking about the I word an awful lot and having the speaker come out periodically and having big hearings with Jim Jordan and James Comer, that's enough. Well, to the average voter, that might be enough on, on the, the conservative side of the aisle. Absolutely. But to others, if it's nothing but chaos and mayhem, and then you have a government shutdown, and then I go back to those 18 Republicans and probably some more, the Democrats are just licking their chops. They're like, yes, exactly. They have demonstrated that they were not good at governing. It started from the first minute when they could not you know, elect a speaker. And that's kind of been the hallmark uh, you know, of, of Republicans. But to Kevin McCarthy's credit, and this is something that people have not looked at and something that he didn't have a lot of credibility before, is that he has pulled rabbits out of hats this year. He finally got elected speaker. He finally passed a Republican-only debt ceiling bill. He finally passed a bipartisan debt ceiling bill, cutting a deal with President Biden. These are all things that many people thought that he could not do. And so does he have another rabbit that he can pull out of a hat? He has surprised us this year because his his track record heretofore was not really great. And so, you know, this is going to be a harder challenge yet if he's able to keep the government open and finesse impeachment. And then also, you know, any interim spending bill here, that's not going to be enough, uh, you know, stave off a, a challenge to his speakership down the road and then bigger yet, keep the House. Uh, you know, that, that's a that's a tall order. But so far, he has demonstrated an ability to pull rabbits out of hats. That's right. Uh, Bill, last word from President Biden's perspective, as he you know, engages his, in this campaign, he hasn't done a lot of campaign events, but obviously raising money and, and uh, putting out some ads, some new ads, they are probably hoping for a GOP nominee, President Trump, uh, even though recent polls have President Trump beating him uh, in general election battle. Yes, and not only do they hope for that, they want a debate that is all about Donald Trump. They don't want a debate on spending or on the um, Green New Deal or on Afghanistan. They want to keep it or focused on Trump. Yeah, or his age. They want a Trump-focused campaign, and I think they're right in that calculation. Um, the president has a lot of popularity issues on his own um, that threaten him, and Democrats see it, but I think that's his best bet. All right. Thanks so much, panel. Little history now. On September 12th, 1953, John F. Kennedy and Jacqueline Lee Bouvier were married St. Mary's Roman Catholic Church in Newport, Rhode Island, with about 800 guests attending that ceremony. The reception was held at Jacqueline's stepfather's family estate, Hammersmith Farm, was host to more than 1,200 guests. The socialite couple would later, of course, become residents of the White House as John F. Kennedy went on to win the 1960 presidential election against Vice President Richard Nixon. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. For Susan, Bill, and Chad, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.
Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.